You want to make your fantasy sports league more than a fantasy? Then you need Trophy Smack. It's the number one store for fantasy and tournament trophies, belts, draft boards, loser awards, and other ridiculous products. Trophy Smack is more than just a trophy company with outstanding customer service and products. It's the very essence and heart of every fantasy league. And if you click now, trophysmack.com gives you free shipping, a free loser poster, and can have the hardware to you in a few days. Bragging rights included. Go to trophysmack.com right now and take your fantasy league to the next level. What's up and welcome to the Dynasty Happy Hour with your hosts, Doug Eddy, Tim Keller, and Tyler Gunther. Bring us all inside the huddle. Whether it's in-season or off-season, this is your spot for the best and in in-depth Dynasty fantasy football advice. So let's not waste any more time and get right to it with Doug, Tim, and Tyler with another Dynasty Happy Hour. Welcome back to Dynasty Happy Hour. It's one of my favorite episodes of the year. We are going to recap the first three rounds of the NFL draft and give you our takes on what it means for your dynasty teams. I've already got rookie drafts rolling, so we've got some early ADP, which I'm sure we'll we'll hit on as we go. I'm your host, Doug Eddy. I'm here with my co-host, Tyler Gunther, as well as Tim Keller. Tim, any notable draft experience for you over the weekend? Uh, well, I was at work for round one. Uh, I will say, though, that when the quarterbacks didn't necessarily fall the way it had been talked about up until the draft with everybody thinking Mac Jones was the guy there at three. It kind of mm-hmm. started to slide for two guys then, Mac Jones and Fields. And when I saw that the Eagles traded with the Cowboys for that 10th overall pick, my initial thought is, we're going to get Fields, baby. Let's go. I am not upset with the pick they made. Not in any way, shape, or form. I think nice. they got we'll themselves about, a we'll very a good bit. player. But when yes, I saw absolutely. the trade go down, I thought it was going to be for the quarterback that was my biggest draft experience, I'd say, for the weekend. You know, day three, the one I really had a chance to get my eyes on. Oof. A little Oof. lackluster. Yeah, day three was – I watched it. I was by myself in my buddy's house. He took off for Niagara Falls with his family on Saturday. So I was like, you know what? It's Doug Day. I sat there. I watched the watched the draft day three. I got bored. I hung some blinds that he needed. He didn't ask me to do it. I just saw that he bought new blinds. So I took it upon myself to hang his blinds for him because I'm a nice guy. Um Day three and no player trades either, which was very odd. Usually we see one or two player trades during the draft. Nothing. No Anthony Miller getting moved. Just absolutely zero. Tyler, what was your draft experience like? I know you watched uh, the first night with your wife. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we picked up some food. We, we watched the draft. Atlanta took uh, the said player we will talk about. And mm-hmm. I was living large the rest of the night until we hit every single round after. And they did not take a certain position running back. And I was in full tilt the rest of the draft. Yeah, that would have been nice to pair a running back with that player to be named uh, here in a few minutes. My, my draft experience on Thursday was good. I got together with four of my friends in Rochester, New York. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings. They do a draft thing, a sauce, a, a sauce draft. So you put your name in and then the first pick gets the first pick of the sauce. Then there's Mr. Irrelevant that wins a, a gift package. And guess who that was? Are you Mr. Irrelevant? This, Oh. It was me. I was Mr. Irrelevant. I won a $25 gift card, a thing of sauce, a couple nice Sam Adams glasses, a duffel bag. I got to make a speech because the guys are like, you won't make a speech. So I'm like, hey, can I have the mic and make a speech? He's like, yeah, just don't swear. So I gave all a I shout heard, out to 
to Rhode Island when I was All I heard out of that whole entire thing was wings are on Doug when we go to Canton. Oh, and it was and it was buy one, get one free wings at Buffalo Wild Wings. So I crushed twenty wings, a side of tots, uh appetizer of the pretzel knots that they Mm -hmm. have. I crushed a beer. Great. I had a piece of cheesecake, dude. I haven't eaten like that. I was gonna say so long. Doug just had a fifteen thousand calorie weekend, and now he's ready. So, yeah, I was gonna say instead, I, instead of hulking, <laughs> Doug goes fat. Doug, yeah. Really. Yeah. I did go fat. Doug on Thursday for sure, but I did go to the gym on Friday and Saturday. I did a lot of cardio and I threw some weights around. Same, so I don't. Funny feel, thing is, I don't feel same, too bad. Same thing happens to Doug, like the Hulk. His his pants get too tight to where they rip. <gasps> his shirt starts ripping from the seams and just rips Mark from the back everywhere. I mean, it's exact same thing. Yeah, so it, it was fun. I like I said, I haven't been away from the house for an extended period of time with no kids, so it was uh, you know, I had to turn on party mode a little bit. Had a garbage plate on Friday night while watching the draft. Sent the picture to these boys because they're like, "What is a garbage plate?" Um, it was a pretty awesome weekend. I just got back today. Um, so with that said, let's get into the draft here in a minute. But before we do, I'm actually going to tell you we have a sponsor today, like we have the last few weeks, and I want to give them a shout out. Fantasypoints.com. So make sure you go on there. There's lots of cool things going on there. We no longer have the early bird special. I believe it did expire on April 30th, so it is May 2nd. Uh, But you still won't find a better deal from a major fantasy content provider. Um, There's season-long DFS. There's betting content, which I listened to a couple podcasts on the drive home, and a lot of people were making some big money on some of the prop bets for the draft. Um, Massive NFL draft and prospect reviews. So there's previews, but now we've got the players in the spot. So you're going to see updated information on there. They live stream best ball drafts. There's the whole draft guide that's on there. Um, You can also get the analytics powered draft tool. 90% of the subs made fantasy playoffs last year, which is absolutely awesome. There is free stuff on the site as well. Look for the free banner on certain articles. And you can use code 21DHH10. For if you're signing up, and uh, that would be super duper helpful. So make sure you check out fantasypoints.com slash subscribe today. All right, so let's get into this draft, boys. What we're going to do is we're just going to go pick by pick fantasy relevant players rounds one through three. Uh, so the first pick in the draft, this was pretty much a slam dunk. Everybody knew it was coming, and it came to fruition. Trevor Lawrence joins the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I think it's a really great fit for him from a fantasy perspective. The Superflex leagues that I've done so far, I think we've had three that have been active, and he's been the 101 in all of them. Tim, Tyler, have you seen anything different out there so far? And what did you think? I mean, we all kind of knew this was coming, but the Trevor Lawrence pick, what were your initial thoughts now that it was an actual thing? So so Tim and I are actually in a Patreon sleeper league where he did not go 101. Which was Nagy. very shocking. I, my first thought was, oh, God, he doesn't know. He doesn't know it's Superflex, but he does. And and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, like, yeah, it, it was odd, and it was, it was odd. I know one of the ball blast girls says she took Harris in a Superflex League 101. But I, I could see, like, fandom. Your, your fandom kicks in. They're, they're Pittsburgh fans. I get it because fantasy, the funnest way to play fantasy is having players oh, on from your, your team. player. I get it. Yeah. So I, I honestly get that. It's not, it's not a good move for your team, like value wise, but it's a fun move. Yeah. It'd be like me taking pits at one one in a super flex. So it's, it's fine, but yeah, that's the only way I've seen it. And yeah, I mean, you don't really need to say much Trevor Lawrence. He should be the one one in super flex. Yeah. He's generational. They, they, you know, we'll talk about a player they added with him. 
that mm-hmm. I think is a better landing spot than most can, things. Can we talk about that generational thing for a second? Let's say he is generational. Let's say he is what Andrew Luck probably would have been. He stuck around. What mm-hmm. Mahomes looks like he might be. What Brady has been. What Manning was. Breeze. Even if it's not super flex, would you consider if if I told you for a fact that he would be generational? Would you consider him at one on one in the non super flex if you were guaranteed that he would be an actual generational um, quarterback? I, I think I probably would just because the amount of time that they play yeah. the position. So a quarterback, he's what twenty one years old. He's going to have at least fifteen seasons by the time he's in his mid thirties. That's younger than Aaron Rodgers is right now. So I think if you were to tell me that he's going to be soon to be retired in that ballpark, yeah, if he's going to be in that ballpark, I would probably say yes because the long term stability where Najee Harris could be irrelevant in five years. I mean, look at the running backs that we see Lev Bell, Todd Gurley. Like they're going to run Najee Harris until the wheels fall off, I think. So you might only get five years out of him versus 15 years out of a quarterback. So for me, uh, if you were to tell me that and it was like a guarantee, then yeah, I think I, I would be able to make that decision. It, for me, it depends on who your quarterback is. If you have like a Dak, a Mahomes, a Herbert, a Kyler Murray, then no. I mean, it, it's irrelevant. You're not gonna sure. pick, yeah. you're not gonna pick and choose between those guys each week. It's it's dumb to play that game. You want a if you have a stud, keep him in your lineup. Go with them week to week. Don't don't overthink it. And go with the guy like a like a Harris or somebody else. Uh, and but if you don't, if you got like a Kirk Cousins, sure. I mean, yeah. Why why not with the same old entire aspect? The the thing I'm coming around to is I used to play thinking, oh my god, in ten years, you know what? In ten years, I, I think I've hit the age where I'm thinking, ten years I could be dead. So <laughs> ten I, minutes I, I could be Jesus. dead. In ten and seconds I, mean, I could be. Yeah, pretty much. And so if if you are looking at it and say you have two good quarterbacks, like say, you know, the ball blast girls, they they had two good quarterbacks. Harris is a fine pick because he's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna mm-hmm. lead you to a, a chance for a championship. I mean we'll yeah, get Yeah, chances into are he could be he could be an R B one this year. It's possible. Yeah, and, and I mean I was faced with the opportunity to to get Harris and I, I passed just because mm-hmm. uh I hate running backs. And I, it's that's completely fair. It's yeah, it's just something in my head now. I I can't stand them. And yeah, so yeah, so let's keep it let's keep it moving. Uh, so the New York Jets, they're in the two hole here. Pretty much a foregone conclusion yeah. that they were going to take Zach Wilson. They did take Zach Wilson. Um, I kind of like what the Jets are doing on offense. I know you know they they spent some draft capital on uh, another offensive lineman, Vera Tucker, to pair with uh, Makai Becton. Mm-hmm. Um, they went out and drafted a wide receiver in the second round, which we'll talk about, to go with Corey Davis, Denzel Mims. Maybe Jamison Crowder sticks around. Maybe he doesn't. It seems like they're setting Zach Wilson up for success with a previous regime was like Sam Darnold, YOLO, you're on your own. Yeah, good luck. So I know, Tim, you're a big Zach Wilson guy. He's currently in super flex leagues, he's going anywhere from like 105 to 107, it looks like. Um, and I know, I, I guess out of any of the quarterbacks – that were these top four quarterbacks, he kind of scares me the most from a bust potential. Um, you know, when I when I look at him in fantasy, I had the the option of going at 105, either Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, or Zach Wilson. I do need quarterback, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go with Chase. I think he's the, the landing spot's great. He's with Burrow, and we'll get there. Um, but I passed on Wilson just because there's I don't know, there's something about him that just 
it scares me a little bit. And I know it's that video. It's that video when he's sitting around with all the other draft people and and they're, and they're, I haven't even seen that video. They're easy going that they're throwing up peace signs and stuff. And Zach Wilson looks like he's nervous and he's just like, what, okay, what, what do I do here? Yeah. Yeah. And he's looking, he's looking, you know, over shoulder back and forth and and he's and he's kind of he's lost. I mean, he did go to BYU. Maybe he yes. hasn't, you know, he hasn't been around, um, you know, that kind of activity before. And he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Well, I, I mean, it's and it's New York. He's gonna yeah. have to like get used to the yeah. the big the lights, big the cameras, and the pressure, yeah. for sure. And, and I mean, I, I mean, Donald ended up being a little bit of a head case. So yeah, well, that's because of your Patriots. Well, the seeing ghosts. Yes. So Tim, let's get to Tim. What do you think about Zach Wilson on the Jets? Um, I, I like Zach Wilson because of the, the offense I expect them to be running. Uh, it's going to be the Shanahan tree of offense. I, I hope that will be good for Zach Wilson. And like you said, Doug, they did do their best to try to put other parts around Zach to hopefully keep him, uh, you know, keep him on an upward trajectory because the last, the last, you know, top quarterback that went to the Jets is now a playing on another team and they just never did anything to support him. Um, I do understand where the you know possibility for bus potentials there. Uh, Trey Lance looks like when all else fails, he has his athletic upside. Justin Fields, if all else fails, he has the athletic upside. Uh, no one sees Trevor Lawrence being anything less than a you know a middling starting quarterback in the NFL at worst, absolute worst. So I don't think there's too much bus potential there. Uh, Mac Jones. Had it been almost anywhere else, I would have had concerns. But he's going to a place that knows how to coach pocket-style mm-hmm. quarterbacks. So I understand that the concern for the bus potential there was Zach Wilson. But I think, um, you know, new days, new regime up there in New York. I, I like the future form. Yeah, absolutely. So with the next pick in the draft, we had three quarterbacks go at the top. Now, this is the pick that there was a lot of buzz around Mac Jones going to the San Francisco 49ers. They end up taking Trey Lance, which I think is a great fit for him from a fantasy mm-hmm. perspective to be surrounded by, you know, a decent line. They just re-signed Trent Williams, so he's going to be there for a while. They just picked up McGlinchey's fifth-year option. They have Kittle, Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Um, they've got a, a potpourri of running backs now in the backfield. Um, I think Trey Lance, you know, it's um, if Justin Fields were to land in this spot, you could have made an argument for Fields over Lawrence, I think. Mm-hmm. Lance, the only thing that spooks me a little bit with Lance is the, um, you know, the lack of playing time over the last couple of years, the level of competition. I think he has the tools to pull it off, um, and I think he probably will end up doing it this year because Jimmy Garoppolo probably going to be their starter, but I think Lance is going to take over. So, Tyler, this is where the draft really started. We knew it was going to be Lawrence. We knew it was going to be Wilson. What did you think when the Niners selected Trey Lance out of North Dakota? <laughs> My first thought was... 102 is going to be a lot more difficult to decide. Yep. Mm. And, and and it was. I mean, Tim was and we were in a draft. I had 102 and I sat there wondering what I should do. And and I, you know, quarterback was my choice. I needed I should have went quarterback, so I'm deciding between two. And what really pushed it was was Shanahan's offense and yep. it, this was like RG3 was kind of forced on Shanahan. Mm-hmm. And Shanahan literally just scraped up an offense for RG3 and he won rookie of the year. Like Shanahan yep. wanted Cousins and was like, "Okay, fine. I'll budge in. RG3, he's he's our quarterback, I guess. We'll just put something together." And that that's what he came up with. Like yeah. it's just like having Picasso doing a painting just like, "Okay, screw it. I'll just figure something out." And it's a masterpiece. Shanahan actually wanted Trey Lance. 
and Shanahan sat there and he took months and months like after the trade they made they knew who they were going with this whole mac jones thing was a a shade a ruse smoke yes and and that's the aspect that makes me think okay he's had this amount of time to start thinking of an offense that he can do with trey lance and you can do a lot with trey lance yes he has his faults you know who's really good at that at covering those up a fantastic play caller I mean, you look at Sean McVay with Jared Goff. Jared Goff has his warts. Mm -hmm. You know who's good at covering that up? An offensive play caller, and you saw that. Jared Goff looked pretty good when he was with Sean McVay. And Mm -hmm. Trey Lance is way more athletic, in my personal opinion, way better than Jared Goff. So, Yeah, and I think the thing with Lance, too, is that a lot of people forget is that, you know, he's probably got more rushing upside than Justin Fields does. So when you're at the 102 – Lance has a thousand yard rushing season in his resume at North Dakota State. Um, Justin Fields isn't that. He, I mean, he'll scramble and run, but he's not going to take off like you know, like uh, like the Lamars or the Kylers of the world. I think I don't think Lance is on that level. But I think Lance, five hundred yards rushing is probably within the within the realm over a full season, mind you, not like over eight games. Um, and that's the kind of thing you want that Konami code quarterback. And I think in that offense with those, with those weapons around him, his ability to scramble and make plays, the accuracy, the arm strength, um, he's just really set up for success. And he's my one Oh two you in Superflex. You said it with the weapons. I mean, George Kittle, Ayuk, Samuel, and I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm forgetting somebody else. Uh, they, they drafted a running back. They got Raheem Mosert who can take off like a, like a bat out of hell whenever he wants to. Uh, yep. Yeah, this this offense is set set up to succeed, and yeah, it, it's going to be very good once Jimmy G realizes he's not the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so number four, we keep the offensive skill position players rolling. The Atlanta Falcons, they don't find a trade partner to move out of the number four spot, so they take the best player available to, on their board, and that's Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida. Giving Matt Ryan another weapon to pair with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage. Yeah, that's right. Um, but Kyle Pitts is, you know, a lot of people will say he's the the gold jacket type of player out of this draft class. He's an athletic freak, productive in Florida. Um, it's going to be really hard to cover this guy. And, and he already had a decent tight end with Hayden Hurst. So adding Pitts to that offense um, is going to be pretty awesome. And they obviously doubled down on Matt Ryan for the next couple of years. So, Tyler, you're a Falcons fan. You must have been on cloud nine when they announced Kyle Pitts to your Atlanta Falcons. I was. I, I mean, it was either Fields or Pitts who I wanted. And when I kind of put it into my mind that Matt Ryan is literally you, – you can't get rid of Matt Ryan for two years. And in that aspect, I sat there and thought, they're not taking a quarterback. Kyle Pitts is like – the Julio Jones of this draft and and yeah when they took him and I and I kind of sat there and I knew they couldn't trade out I I knew in my head they were taking him and it was still exciting for me I've I've gotten him in three drafts and I I've had Doug I was in a draft with you I have TJ Hawkinson and I still took him just because I had no needs and it's a luxury and in a tight end premium I, I mean I could start Hawkinson and Pitts and reap all the rewards and that's going to be like even thinking about that just makes me happy that I've got two top five tight ends and I'm yeah I mean set. you can make the argument for Pitts is already the dynasty tight end number three uh, four or three yeah, yeah. I mean it depends Behind on Kelsey where you have and Hawkinson. Kittle yeah 
Yeah. So, I mean, to get that in your in your rookie drafts is pretty rare. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be pretty awesome to watch that offense. Who that you know the Falcons' offense wasn't bad last year. They lost a lot of close games. And Matt Ryan was actually pretty good. He went flew under the radar. So their defense is going to be bad too. So they are going to be throwing yep. a and, lot. And they invested into the offensive line, so they want to protect Matt Ryan. Now, if only they had <laughs> chosen a running back, but we'll get there. Hey, Mike uh, Davis, how dare you speak besmirch you know, Mike Davis? Yeah, I mean, well, they <laughs> signed Mike Davis. It's cool. Uh, so Tim, I want to get to you. Number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, everyone was like, "Are they going to take Panay Sewell? Are they going to take Jamar Chase?" So they decide to go with Jamar Chase to pair up with Joe Burrow. I love the fit here. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm down on T. Higgins. I don't think you should be, first of all. So you've got T. Higgins, you've got Jamar Chase, you've got Tyler Boyd. They didn't do anything at the tight end position. Um, so you can avoid that. I think this offense is going to throw, throw, and throw some more. So I love this fit for Jamar Chase. Uh, Tim, where you have Jamar Chase in Superflex, where do you have Jamar Chase slotted in your ranks? In a super flex league, I would say after the top three quarterbacks and the tight end. Mm-hmm. So 105, that, okay. That's how I would have yeah. it in super flex. Uh, the running back, Najee, love you. He's not before him. Um, I love a bunch of these other receivers, but none of them are over Chase for me. Yeah, I was, listening to a, I was listening to a podcast today, and um, someone made mention that a lot of, a lot of industry people – if you combine the 2020 and the 2021 class, have Jamar Chase as the wide receiver one with those two classes combined. So it says a lot about Chase as a prospect. You saw what he did for LSU the year they won the national championship. He was yeah. the alpha dog over Justin Jefferson. Then Jefferson comes into the league and blows it up. So if you if you look at that point of view, Jamar Chase should be absolutely amazing in his rookie yeah. season with a hopefully 100% Joe Burrow in week one because it's an important part of the yeah. equation too. And, <laughs> yeah. I think, and I think he will be fine. Um, We'll obviously see. I'm I'm pumped that I traded for Burrow. Thanks, Tyler. Um, now that they hey, added I, Chase, I, I got half of that. I got Jamar Chase in that league. So ha, that is jokes that on is you. true. Yeah, but they did. You know, they did. The OC came out and he said he doesn't want Joe Mixon to leave the field either. So I'm buying Joe Mixon. That is still great love him. news for yeah. Joe Mixon. Like that great, is great, they, news. They, great. They took a couple running backs, but nobody to. Yeah, nobody notable at all. Uh, and they resigned Samaje Ryan. Geo's out of the picture. But their like, offensive line, you know, okay. It's not it's not they they took it's some decent. great values in the third round and like the fourth round. They took some good value linemen. And you know what? If you have a good offensive line coach, you can coach these guys up. Like Penny Sewell, yes, he's gonna be great. You know what he's gonna start out as? A guard. Are you gonna uh-huh. take a guard at one oh five? No. Like that that was out of the question. And I think that's what made their decision was like, okay, we can we can go guard somewhere else. It's, a, it's an offensive passing league. Mm-hmm. It yes. fits. Um, you know, it, it fits really, really well. So I love that pick. Continuing the trend, the number six pick. Now, the Miami Dolphins traded up from 12 to six. Um, supposedly, this was their guy the whole time. I don't know if that's true or not, but they did get Jalen Waddell from Alabama to pair with his college quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, Interesting fit because they signed Will Fuller to a one-year deal. Granted, it's only one year. But now you're looking at an offense with Fuller, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell, Mike Gusecki. They didn't do anything at the running back position. So Miles Gaskin and Savan Ahmed looking like they, they escaped the NFL draft rather successfully, which was which I did not expect. Atl- Atlanta and Miami looked at each other and just stared, yeah. didn't <laughs> blink, and like, you're going to take one, aren't you? Do the, it. The other yeah. one's just We're pointing not. in his running back list. Running backs. 
Like, we'll take it. Inside just, linebacker. And, yeah. And just remember, there are there are still some veteran free agent running backs that could could muddy the waters a little bit. Not to say like Todd Gurley's a threat, but he's only twenty six years old. Could That's he sign Atlanta. with Miami? Yeah. Atlanta's could he probably with Miami. Atlanta? Miami. Yeah. Todd Gurley, he's got tons <laughs> left in the tank. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that, uh, for running back that can still get signed. So yeah, so they escaped for now, but we'll see. There's also cuts that could happen. So lots of moving parts. But I want to talk Jalen Waddle. It looks like the Dolphins are going all in surrounding Tua with weapons. Um, you know, now that the Deshaun Watson trade rumors have kind of you know quelled yeah. because of his legal issues, um, I think that the Miami would have been a prime spot for Deshaun Watson um, if he was able to be traded. Um, but Jalen Waddle. So, Tim, you know, he's a little bit repetitive with Will Fuller, I think, but Will Fuller's only there for one year. I really hate the comps of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I hate it. Um, there's only one Tyreek Hill. Can we just, just agree on that? Um, but I think Waddle is a really, really good player. What do you think about his fit on the Miami offense? I think if you took Ruggs and, and uh, if you took Ruggs and Waddle and you matched them up side by side, I think Ruggs wins in a foot race by a little bit. But he is closer to the Eagles player who we'll talk about here shortly Mm -hmm. when it comes to how he actually plays receiver. He's got almost rug speed, but he's got a lot more receiver qualities, I think. I think he's he's, he's more well-rounded in his routes. He's a better route runner. I think he has better hands than Henry Ruggs. But he almost, almost has that same amount of speed. So it's just big play potential up and down. And to like to throw it deep back in college. Let him out there. Let him sling it around the ball, you know, the ball yard a little bit. Yeah, I like what Miami's doing. Uh, you know, surrounding Tua with as many weapons as possible, and not giving if he stinks and falls on his face, it's really going to be his fault. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to see Tua um, up his value. Yeah. So if you're looking to buy a quarterback on the cheap or cheaper, um, I would definitely go and target Tua. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that this particular pick. At six overall, we look at receivers that usually go in this range, and it's usually the, the alpha dogs like Jamar Chase, um, or at least that that prospect like that, like Corey Davis at the time when he got picked. Um, we don't really see the smaller, faster guys go this high in the draft, so I think for a lot of people it was a bit of a surprise. So let's move on to Tim's Philadelphia Eagles. They move up two spots to get in front of the New York Giants. Obviously, the Eagles are like, you know what? The Giants have been rumored. They were rumored for Waddle for a while. There's an Alabama receiver still on the board. Let's jump up two spots and get in front of them to secure their wide receiver one of the future. And that was Devonta Smith, the Heisman Award winner. Tim, another reunion. Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith. This is a theme, obviously, going on this year. Um, So were you pumped? Because this is your team. Were you you pumped and excited for them to get Devonta Smith at number 10? Yeah, obviously. I mean, Devonta Smith had a fantastic last year of college there in Alabama. So, uh, you know, winning the Heisman, having that season, coming to my team, who, A, desperately needs, you know, wide receiver help. That was a fantastic pick. Uh, this kid's routes are unmatched in this class. Uh, you know, he's constantly creating separation. Uh, you know, obviously I don't love the height-weight combination of Devonta Smith, but I'll take somebody with that skill set, and all you can do is hope that the body holds up, but so far it has for Mr. Smith, and I think it'll hold up here at the next level as well because, he, he, like I said, he creates that separation. He's not going to take too many big-time hits. I uh, love him there, but like I did say in the open, I really did think that the Eagles were going to come up, get fields. I uh, thought maybe somebody else might be trying to come up, so they decided to do it instead. 
mm-hmm. um, create a little quarterback competition, but I absolutely love the receiver they took. Yeah, and it looks like Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy yep. here in 2021, which, again, we talked about Konami code quarterbacks. We saw what Jalen Hurts could do. Um, you know, he's going to have another whole year to learn the offense. He's got extra weapons around him now. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to like – if you picked Jalen Hurts in your Superflex leagues third round last year, most people were like late second, mid third. Um, you're going to reap the rewards of that. Um, now, it's a question. Do you, if you think he's the long-term answer, you hold. If you think he's a short-term and he comes out guns blazing, then maybe you flip him. I know a lot of people, are, he's very polarizing in the dynasty community. Um, so I'm going to go to Tyler. It looks like we've got, so we've got some early ADP on both Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell. Where are you seeing the Alabama receivers go in your Superflex leagues? Uh, God, like back-to-back. <clears throat> for okay. me, it's, it's around like pick 10 for Smith and 12 for Waddell. Uh, and yep. maybe Smith goes a pick or two earlier and Waddle as well, depending on when those running backs go that we'll talk about. But, yeah, I mean, they're late first-round picks, and championship-winning teams are going to get, in my opinion, Devontae Smith hat, like reeks of Justin Jefferson. Like, everybody kind of downplaying his weight and downplaying the fact, like, oh, he, he can't play anywhere but the slot. He's too He's too small, too skinny. He can't. He can't, he's like, well, you know what? He's going to dominate the slot. And you know what else? Mm-hmm. You listen to broadcasts of the draft, and they talk about how they don't press. Like, you know, people are talking like, oh, he doesn't be press. And, and, and it, it might have been Ryan Clark talking like, hey, you know, they don't press. Or it, it, maybe it's Lewis Riddick. And they're talking like, hey, you know, they don't even press in the NFL anymore. Like, that's all talk. Like, people talk about right. press. They they don't because offensive pass interference happens a lot when you press. And and yeah, you get jammed on the line, but you know who's really good at getting away from that? Yeah. Somebody who is rail thin and silky smooth and quick off the mm-hmm. line, and that's Devontae Smith. I I have no issue with it. He's gonna be wearing that number six, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to get used to the number change, even though it's Kyle Pitts as a tight end is wearing number eight. That's mind blowing to me. Uh, uh I had a friend that's like, Wow, that's Matt Schaub's old number. That's some big shoes <laughs> to fill. Uh, from from Atlanta, number eight. <laughs> That's that that will be different for sure. Um, yes, uh, but I'm excited. I'm very excited for Philly. I'm glad you guys finally got it right. And I was talking to Tim before the podcast. The fact that Dallas traded back with them, it, Smith is going to destroy Dallas and haunt their dreams for allowing this <laughs> I, to I happen. And right. I can't wait. I hope you're right. So, <laughs> and I honestly am happy you guys are hanging on the Hurts and giving him the keys. Saying, you know what, we didn't take anybody. This is your team. Yeah. Show us it's your team. Yeah. Yeah. It was um I think, yeah, like you said it, like these the super flex leagues this year, because there's five quarterbacks in this draft that are all getting drafted in the top seven or eight picks, for the most part, is is guys like Smith and Waddle are becoming values for those championship teams, which is awesome. Um now, we'll talk a little bit when you get into the second round and you're like, wow, this isn't so great anymore. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Where'd all the talent go? Uh, and we'll get there. Um, our next pick off the board, number 11, the Chicago Bears make the biggest move of the draft. They move from number 20, I believe, um, and trade with the Giants at 11, and they go up and get the quarterback. Now, as a Patriots fan, I was like, oh, man, I thought they were going to move up for a Slater, possibly. Because they need offensive line help, but nope. They gave up next year's Chargers, first. Chargers killed this draft, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're yeah, not going to talk they, about them much, but oof. They had a really nice draft, yeah. Um, but the Bears get Justin Fields. My initial thoughts was like, okay. Like, 
it's not a bad spot for a fantasy quarterback with field with Fields' hopeful talent. I mean, you got Allen Robinson there at least this year. Hopefully, he finally has this may. Yeah, hopefully this will sway him to sign a long-term deal now that they've committed to the quarterback position. You know, you got David Montgomery who had a nice season. You got Darnell Mooney who I think is a riser um, out of this. And then Andy Dalton's like, cool, I got $10 million. Like, if I win the job, cool. If I don't, then oh well. Um, but the thing that concerns me, the Bears' offensive line is mm-hmm. not good. So that's a concern. But, you know, Justin Fields, a lot of people's quarterback too. He goes as the quarterback four. Um you know, in most of our super flex leagues, I'm seeing him go after Trey Lance, and I think that's right, just because of Lance's situation with the OC and the talent that we talked about earlier. Um, Tim, what did you think about Justin Fields to Chicago of all places? Uh, absolutely didn't love the landing spot. I think he probably has a new head coach at least next year. Um, yeah. If not, both coach and GM, and then you're in a bad spot. Yeah, this is their last gas. Yeah. This is their let's go for it, and if it doesn't work out, then see you later. Yeah, because if. Uh, if you get a new GM in there and a new head coach, especially the GM portion of it, you're not the guy he picked. So, mm-hmm. um, but hopefully, then you know he he shows enough that that new GM comes in, loves him, uh, happy for the pieces around him, really. Because, um, mm-hmm. like I said, I think this is probably the best quarterback that Allen Robinson has ever played with in his career. Um, you know, moving, yeah, which isn't saying a lot, yeah. but you're you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I I don't love the landing spot for Justin Fields. I think the future can be brighter hopefully hopefully things get better there in chicago i was happier for the other ancillary pieces on the team yeah and like i said earlier with trey lance's higher rushing upside fields mm-hmm. does have the rushing capability so i think that he's a lock for your 103s in your super flex leagues if it's if it's going to be three quarterbacks right off the top so let's go to my team number 15 there was a lot of rumors are the patriots going to trade up are they going to trade back well, you know what? They didn't do anything, and I think they ended up getting their guy. Although, if you watch the video of them putting the pick, Bill's like, we good with this? Everyone cool? And it was like the most non-excited draft room I've ever seen. It's um, Bill Bilicic. Like, that's his excitement. Yeah. <laughs> you saw oh, him yeah, moving his head around a little jumps. bit. That's, that's the, about as animated a, as he gets. A friend of mine at work, Al, who we rip on constantly in this podcast, uh, <laughs> he, he, he sent me a like he sent me a voice clip and a video of Bill Bilicek on the phone with Mac Jones and he pretty much said, yeah, "Hey Mac, we're we're gonna Bill draft you, picture. okay? Yeah. All right, here's Robert you're good, Kraft. You're good with that. Cool. So I'm gonna give you to our owner, Bob Kraft. Yes, like <laughs> I expect that. you to be here at six in the morning. <laughs> and honestly, yeah. my and I can only imagine like Josh McDaniel like afterwards going like. Bill, are you all right? Like, you're really excited here. Just Bill checking around the room because it wasn't – no, Bill's the GM of the team, but this year, like, he has a support team, so he's not making all the decisions on his own, um, which has been well-documented here in the New England area. The dog's still there. And Nike. Nike's still there, but he's like, we good with this? Like, he's checking in with everyone. He's like, we good with this? And everyone's like, yep. Uh, So Mac Jones to the Patriots, I think it's a great fit for what the Patriots want to do. Um. You know, the quick release, the accuracy, he's a smart kid. Obviously, he signed off from Nick Saban, who's Bill Belichick's BFF. So all those things line up for Mac Jones. I wouldn't be shocked if he's the starter in week one, to be completely honest. Um, You know, Cam, although this might light a little bit of a fire under Cam because Cam is clinging on to his NFL life as a starting quarterback. Um, You know, Cam had COVID last year. He signed late in the process. They've got some weapons around him. Should be a fun quarterback battle at least. Um, but I think Mac Jones could beat him out. Tyler, what do you think about that? I, I okay. If you are in a super flex league and you're okay with 
250 to 280 and one to three touchdowns a week. Like, sure, I, I, he's not. He's probably not going to make many mistakes. Right. That, that's a positive. You're you're not going to get that negative two if that's how your scoring system goes. He's not going to throw many picks, which is a plus. I like it. I mean, I took him. He, it's going into a super flex league next season, and I took him at 204 when I had Burrow and Herbert, and I thought to myself, he's a perfect quarterback three for a team. He's he's perfect. Oh, absolutely. And and if he if he kind of grows into what we kind of think, he's a perfect quarterback too. Like he's one of those guys that that's going to get you. 18 to 24 points and he's not going to have a huge boom game maybe once or twice a year he'll have that like four touchdown game but he's going to be fine he landed in the right spot like it was either san francisco or the patriots you did not want to see him go to chicago you did not want him to see him go to detroit like any of those teams or denver like it was the patriots or the 49ers and if or nothing else like that was it and and he landed at the Patriots so the fact that they also took a quarterback in the first round kind of gives me a, a little more excitement because Bill's like a, a defense 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 and nothing else type guy and we'll take a quarterback yeah. in the third or fourth round and and maybe we can progress him but yeah I like the pick yeah same here I was I was pretty excited for it so let's move on to our next skill position player one of the more polarizing prospects in this whole entire draft, Kadarius Tony, wide receiver from Florida. Glad I don't so, have to talk about him. <laughs> yeah, the, the Giants uh, take him here. Now, he's electric with the ball in his hands, return specialist, makes guys miss, moves in all sorts of ways that you haven't really seen before. Um, but he goes to the Giants, so the fit, at least in his rookie season, seems a little weird, Tim. Mm-hmm. What did you think? What did you think when with Tony going to the Giants? Uh, this is a pick that I think a a like you said that championship type team can make. It's a luxury pick because you know you're one. You don't expect him to produce as a receiver, but you can have him back there fielding kicks and punts, and he's mm-hmm. probably going to add value to your team that way. Uh, I think it's another year or two till we see Kadarius Tony really contribute in the receiving game. Uh, he is he's slippery with the ball in his hands. That's for sure. He's like a little human joystick. I love the fact he can do those sort of things. You're not going to see it for a couple of years at the receiver position, in my opinion. Um, I felt I thought there were better slot guys out there that probably would have contributed as a receiver more. Yeah, I, you know, I think there's there's a receiver that went here in round one that probably would have been a better overall fit for them. But, you know, Gettleman, at least he traded back now yeah. for the first time. Uh, but he takes Tony, who a lot of people had penciled in as a round one player, um, and interesting that the Jacksonville Jaguars came out and said the Urban Meyer said that after they made their pick, they were really hoping that Tony was on the board, which was interesting because they already have LaVisca Chenault. Now, I know they're different players, but they can be used in similar ways. So very, very interesting to hear um, Urban Meyer say that. So Tony, I think, was really well regarded um, in NFL circles as a prospect. Um, now, I think Tony is going to really offer you a value in your super flex leagues. He's probably going to go anywhere from 205 to 210. And I don't hate it. You know, you're looking at a player with first-round pedigree that does – he is really good with the ball in his hands. Now, I know he's only got the, the, the good senior year, and there's a lot of things against him. But if you're going to get him in the late second in this year's draft, I got no problem with that. I think that's actually a pretty good value because as we look at how these drafts are going to flesh out already, we're in the second round of a draft, and I'm like, ew. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't mind Tony in that late second-round spot. Um, at all. 
So let's move on to the running backs. We had uh, two taken back-to-back, the only two here in the first round. The Pittsburgh Steelers did what they, we thought they were going to do, and they took Najee Harris. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars, right behind them, take Travis Etienne. So they pair him up with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I like the fit for both of these running backs. Now, Urban Meyer did come out and say, like, oh, James Robinson and Carlos Hyde will be the two-down <laughs> okay. guys. And my Travis hair is going to grow, and my hair is gonna grow yeah. back. Okay. Yeah. Travis Etienne is going to be the third-down back. And I'm like, down back you don't know. Exactly. You don't, you don't many backs in the first, let alone a third down back in the first. So go kick rocks. He's not going to crown the rookie right off the bat. We all know that. So that's what he has to say in essence. Um, now, the concern with Najee Harris is going to be that the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line Thanks. is dog water. It's not good. I don't think it's going to matter, though. I think Harris could come in as a rookie and get 300 touches. Tyler, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, like you said earlier, Harris is a guy who is 23. He'll be 24 in March next season. So he's a little bit on the older side that people are kind of talking about. But you know what? He's going to get he's going to get carries early and often. They're going to use him for five years. They're going to give him that fifth year extension, and that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So for five years, you're going to have this guy mm-hmm. who's going to get catch, who's going to get targets, who's going to get 250 plus rushes. He's going to be a volume monster. And what is key with our running backs? Volume, volume, volume. What is something yep. we hated with J.K. Dobbins but loved the talent? It was lack of pass-catching volume. You're not going to see this from Najee Harris. He is a he's, – he's got just this, this whole situation locked for an RB1. And if you are in on the Steelers who maybe their offensive line isn't as bad as we're talking about, maybe it is, you know what's not going <laughs> to matter is all these – rushes and catches that Sky's going to get. So I don't think it honestly matters. He's going to he's gonna probably fall into an RB1 season. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably a lock for at least 1,000 yards rushing, 10 touchdowns, and maybe 40 to 50 receptions in his rookie year. Um, and, th- and then you have some upside, I think, on top of that. So, yeah, Harris, to me, um, is a really good fit for the Steelers. And he's a he's going to be a three down guy. So they're going to use they're going to use him. And that's what you want. Now, with Travis Etienne, you know, there's a little bit of a dip with ATN. We're, we're seeing Harris in the Superflex leagues going anywhere from 105 to 107 typically. ATN is pretty much locked into like the 108, it seems like, in most of the drafts that I've been in. Um, I'm not a, as big of a fan of ATN as a lot of people. But, Tim, what did you think when the Jaguars drafted ATN? They already had James Robinson, the UDFA star from last year, um, who had the ridiculous workload. He handled the ball like 95% of the snaps. Now, we know that's not going to happen again. Um, but what was your initial reaction with them pairing ATN back with Trevor Lawrence? Well, they got the uh, they got the quarterback somebody he's comfortable with, since it wasn't going to be a receiver anyways. Uh, I can't say I was a huge, huge ETN fan, uh, mm-hmm. but he is a very talented back. I thought he was going to be more a specific scheme type fit. Uh, interested to see what Clemson, or uh, I'm sorry, what Clemson does, what uh, the Jaguars do here uh, on offense. But I, I think James Robinson, James Robinson owners, sorry, you missed the window. Um, and, and you know, I was one of the people that thought he did enough where they weren't going to do this to him necessarily. Uh, he's still going to see the field from time to time uh, because sure. they do different style things. ETN, uh, when given a crease, when he can find that crease, he can hit that hole. He's got the burners to take it. Uh, that's not James Robinson's game, but ETN doesn't run it inside between the guards like uh, James Robinson does either. So. 
they both have their their ups and downs. I think it will be a, a pairing. Hopefully, uh, the thought is probably that Travis will learn something from James Robinson and make him even better back. Yeah, I think, you know, when I first saw this pairing, I thought of like, all right, Robinson and ATN, maybe a little bit of Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman, but maybe a little bit more balanced than that was um, back in the Atlanta days because Travis ATN reminds a, a me a bit of a Tevin Coleman. A much better Coleman and a worse Freeman. Yeah, so I think they, they, you know, they, they go from that like maybe 65-35 to like a 60-40 or 50-50 um, type of share is kind of my first comparison that I thought of um, when they announced this pick. So let's get into our last skill position player of the first round. The Baltimore Ravens, they had two first-round picks. With number 27, they were rumored to take a wide receiver, and they did just that. They took Rashad Bateman, who a lot of people had as their wide receiver, too, in this class. Um, and I really like Bateman. I know he didn't play that great in 2020, but his tape is good. He's a great route runner. He's a big body. Um, Bateman to Baltimore. Now, the initial reaction is... Because the Ravens, pass catchers... Maybe they do something different in this offense. Tyler, is this the, oh, A.J. Brown to the Titans? Like, blah. Are we looking at something similar with Bateman, or are you like, nope, Ravens run the ball too much, and they have Lamar Jackson. I'm out on Bateman. I love this. I I, I don't know why. I shouldn't like it, Because he's I falling do. now. He's become a better <laughs> it's, value. It, it's volume, and it's value. Bateman, mm-hmm. there's one thing he's going to get. Valium. It's, it, Valium. It's, it's Valium. <laughs> Let's all have and, some. <laughs> <laughs> we might need it after my take. Yeah. But honestly, I, I don't – I'd rather have uh, – I don't – like Waddle and Bateman are neck and neck for me. Really? Okay. And, and that that's – like yeah, I mean, like Tim's facial reaction mm. is, is spicy. But it, Bateman reminds me so much of Devontae Adams. It, it's, it's almost – so similar, and if Lamar can can actually look outside the hash so marks. So a year four breakout, got it. If, if Lamar can look outside the hash marks and throw the ball, he's going to love Bateman. Bateman's going to be open. Just if it, it all depends on Lamar. Bateman is a fantastic receiver. If he would have landed anywhere else, he would have been my wide receiver 2A or B. And, mm-hmm. and it's just – it's the Baltimore situation. I, I've seen Bateman fall to 202. I'm actually trying to trade for Bateman after he was drafted because he he was taking two picks before mine. It was painful. But, yeah, I mean, he just screams value, and he screams the whole A.J. Brown situation. Like, that's what it seems to me. Just people are grossed out by the situation. But you know what? This guy's a phenomenal receiver. He's so good. And, and talent's going to win out. And – he just seems like he's the perfect player that Lamar Jackson needs. I, yeah, I, I mean, I just got offered a trade in a, in a draft and I have a chance to take Bateman, but I have to give up Jerry Judy. And that's, mm. that's a, that's a conundrum to me. Cause I like the thing is, okay, Judy, they're both similar players. Judy's a wide receiver too on his offense. In my opinion, like Cortland Sutton is that, yeah, yeah. Sutton's the, especially Sutton's with the Drew Locke. Drew Locke loves him some Sutton. If it's Teddy Bridgewater, that that's a different story. I, I mean, Teddy. Or if Bridgewater, it's Aaron Rodgers, I mean, yeah. whatever. Teddy Bridgewater's, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater's gonna love Noah Fant and probably nobody else because it's he's gonna be right there. Um, but yeah, it's I, I'm stuck with that because I think Bateman could let like fall into eighty to hundred targets year one. 
That is very true. Yeah, Hollywood Brown's not our number one guy, and he's shown that. I, although he did finish last year strong, they needed a, a guy that could step into that role, and I think it is Bateman. So I think he's a good value in the fantasy drafts because of the landing spot. So let's get into the second round. Right off the rip, the second pick in the second round, the New York Jets went out and selected Elijah Moore, speedy receiver. It looks like the Jamison Crowder days are done. They can cut him and save $10 million on the cap. Um, I like this pairing with the rookie Zach Wilson. They've got Mims. They've got Davis. Now they've got Moore manning the slot. Um, and he's pretty versatile. He's fast. Tim, I didn't think the Jets were going to go receiver here, but they did. What was your what was your uh, reaction? Uh, very surprised by the move. Uh, I think so many people had Elijah Moore as that guy that was going to be, you know, 28 to 32, the pick there in the uh, first round. Uh, it just didn't happen that way for Elijah. So you have a first round potential talent sitting there in the second round. I think that's why these Jets decided to pull the trigger on that one. But yeah, I had the guy that we uh, are going to talk about next being the pick there for the Jets. Uh, but yeah, I think Elijah Moore is the best slot receiver in the class. And like you said, the writing's now on the wall. Um, we're we're going to send a guy away and Elijah Moore yep. stepping right into the slot. Crowder would be a great fit on the Patriots. All I'm saying, you, they need a slot receiver. Boom. Put him in. Let's call it a day. There we go. Easy peasy. So let's get to the next player. Uh, Tyler literally stole this man in a draft today. The Denver Broncos (laughs) trade up to number 35. They get Javonta Williams from North Carolina. The consensus RB3 in this class, without a doubt. It's not even contested. Um, A lot of people were surprised by this. They have Melvin Gordon on the roster, um, but he's only only signed through this year. So they're like, you know what? We need to do something. Melvin Gordon's not the long-term answer. Solid player. Um, they signed Mike Boone, who I love, but obviously, like, whatevs. Um, so Javonta Williams is the running back for the Denver Broncos. Tyler, do you think that he takes over that backfield this year? No. I, I do think okay. it progresses to it, kind of like a J.K. Dobbins style. The or a Miles only, Sanders. The only thing is, is this man can catch. And, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. Dobbins can, but the offense he's in just doesn't seem to allow it. They don't it. throw to the running back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing is with Javante Williams and Teddy Bridgewater being there, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater loves throwing it to running backs. Loves, loves it. So yep. Melvin Gordon, despite him being a pass catcher, you know what's going to happen? Melvin Gordon's going to get hit 80 times by week two just because of how many times Teddy's going to target the running back. And Melvin His little Gordon's going to get destroyed. No, Javante in this t- type of offense is going to be so good mm-hmm. as long as you're patient. By week three or four you're going to start seeing the the smoke from the train the hype train that is Javante Williams coming and he, when he comes he's going to hit you right in the jaw because you're going to not you're not going to see it there's going to be a week where he blows up for like 15 carries for 150 yards and two uh, kind of Nick Chubb style that you saw his rookie year and and it's going to be great so Javante Williams is actually my RB2 I I actually I'm not big on Travis Etienne's style, but I think him and Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, they're just going to get it done. Like they're going to find yeah. a, a way to get Etienne into space and him to do what he does best. And with Javante Williams, it's he does everything well. So he doesn't need to be coached up. He just needs to get the ball. And in time, he will get that. So yeah, I love this landing spot. I missed out in the draft and I took Etienne right after him. But yeah, I mean, Javante is going to be, I was hoping, a bigger value, but it seems like people are still okay with this landing spot. Yeah, he's still going anywhere between like 108 and 110, it seems like, is pretty solid. 
in most leagues. I mean, you got him at the 202 in a 10-team league, whatever, um, which is great for you. Proud of you. Happy for you. Really am. Um, do you guys remember when Royce Freeman was a, a, a first-round rookie pick a few years ago? <laughs> yeah, wow, that was crazy. so long ago. So long ago. So let's keep it moving. Lots of offensive linemen yeah. in the second round and lots of defense. So there wasn't a ton of um, skill position players. But the next one on the board, very, very intriguing. Now, I was kind of surprised that Elijah Moore got picked before Rondell Moore. Now, the concerns with Rondell Moore, a little bit of an injury history, um, hasn't played a lot in the last couple of years. But he lands with the Arizona Cardinals. So they've got a clogged up pass catchers now. They have DeAndre Hopkins. They signed A.J. Green. They still have Christian Kirk. They spent a second rounder on Andy Isabella just a couple of years ago. And now they take a second rounder with Rondale Moore, who I really like Moore's game. Tim, what do you think about Rondale? Is he their starting slot guy right off the bat? I don't know if he's the starting slot guy because you just mentioned it. They got Kirk. They got Isabella. Those both uh, were second round picks as well, if I'm remembering correctly. But. Yes, I think the upside with Rondell Moore of the of this trio is immense. It's a hell. Who's taller, uh, not, Kyler not Murray Rondell. or Rondell Moore? Uh, Kyler Murray, I think, is a little bit taller. Yeah, yes. Rondell Moore's a, a tiny little fellow. I I laughed way too hard at the Lollipop Guild <laughs> gif of somebody saying, "Here's Kyler and, and Rondell, Rondell Moore, Moore in the huddle." I laughed way too hard at that. Uh, I saw the one where the two kids running to hug each other. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, when I saw this pick come across, uh, I'll be honest, it got me excited. I think this, whenever it happens, it's just a matter of time, but when it happens, I think this is going to be big things because Rondell Moore does something that A.J. Green, especially at this point in his career, can't do. And Hopkins, <laughs> yeah. for everything he does that is absolutely out of this world and bonkers, Rondell Moore isn't there to do those things. So, you know, right. Rondell Moore is going to play a very specific role in this offense, and he does all of his things really well. Yeah, interesting. You know, A.J. Green might be one of these guys that gets cut in camp yeah. and doesn't even make the team. I mean, honestly, do they need him? The answer is not really. Uh, um, but all, also, all Christian is going to be doing is yelling at him, saying, go faster, go <laughs> faster. And He's like, I can't. I'm 31 years old. I got injuries, man. I can't do it. <laughs> all right, let's keep it moving. We're going to go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 55th overall. They had offensive line needs. This is a really deep offensive line class, but they're like, you know what? <laughs> Whatever. We're going to take Pat Freyermuth from Penn State. I didn't see this coming. Um, now, Vance McDonald retired, so obviously he's not there anymore. Not that he was a factor anyway. Eric Ebron, still with the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm -hmm. but Freyermuth comes in to be part of that next generation offense along with Najee Harris. Tyler, what did you? I know you're a big fan of Freyermuth, and I think you are too, Tim. I what took him guys... in our sleeper dynasty league. At 209 yes. tonight. Yes, you did, which I, I thought was tight end premium is pretty good value. So so obviously you like Framuth. I'm not really worried about Ebron. I think Framuth could be like the guy in year one, Tyler. What do you think? I, I think so too. Uh, we're all, we all hear from analysts he's the best overall tight end, the guy who can – the wide tight end, the guy who can inline block, who – who's big, strong, red zone threat. That That's kind of what Big Ben needs. Like Ebron is fine, but – uh, it just, I mean, Ebron's Ebron. Ebron's going to Ebron. So, Someone on the broadcast made a Heath Miller comparison, and I puked in my yeah. mouth. Uh, how many years straight can can we figure oh. that one out? How many years straight they've used oh. a Heath Miller <laughs> comparison oh. for a tight end? So bad. Uh, no, you know what his comparison is? Is uh, Mark Andrews. And you know who's right in that division? 
Mark Andrews. And uh, it's true. The, the energy Fryermuth has is kind of kind of fits that Juju. Like Juju's kind of got that fun attitude. Fryermuth is that high energy type. They're gonna be perfect in the middle of the field for Big Ben, who everybody's saying has a dead arm and can't throw it more than 20 yards. Well, you know what? You just got a weapon that doesn't need to go 20 yards to make an impact. Yeah. And Juju only needs to go three yards. So yeah, that, well, that's a, that's a little too extreme. That's a deep. He's like 2.8 a dot. My bad. My bad. <laughs> no, I love the pick and yeah, he's screaming value. If you don't land pits, this is the guy you want to get in the late second or even mid second if you miss out on Pitts, because I think this is a perfect situation. I mean, Pittsburgh has always loved their tight ends, and mm-hmm. this is a Pittsburgh guy. Absolutely. So I'm going to pair these next two together. I didn't see either of these guys being second-round picks, especially top 60 yeah. picks. So number 56 is Seattle Seahawks, so like Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. And then the Los Angeles Rams picked Tutu Atwell, who is about the size of my left thigh, um, out of Louisville. Tim, you got to talk. I know Eskridge is a freak athlete, Mm -hmm. um, so I get that. But Tutu Atwell in the second round, 57th overall? like Yeah, I was going to do these ones backwards, as a matter of fact, from the way you asked them. Because Tutu Atwell, I don't know, dude. Uh, The the Rams? (laughs) What the heck? Is it J.J. Nelson? Is that what they're looking for? This does not make any sort of sense to me. He He is super, super small. Really didn't love what I saw on tape from Tutu either. Um, unless you have a very specific set of plays that you just don't have anybody on your team that's that can it. run. If that's the case, you have this l- literal, you have this like essentially a chapter of your playbook. That it's, you it's Marvin Hall for Matthew yeah, Stafford. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what the deal is there uh, with a Tutu pick. As far as Dwayne es- Eskridge goes, I thought this is who they want Tyler Lockett to train to be to. That's, that makes that's, sense. Bingo. Uh, and, and as soon as they Lockett pick him, was like, what? Lockett's going to put him under the wing, teach him the ways, and eventually he'll age out. And, they, and their wide receiver three, David Moore, is in Carolina now. Yeah. So they have yes. an opening for Eskridge mm-hmm. I didn't right think off the they bat were if take he goes receiver, out there and wins but, it. I didn't yeah. either. The, I thought they were going to go Lyon for yeah. Russ, but nope. And with DK in the weight room with Eskridge, holy <laughs> cow. <laughs> He's going to be lifting Eskridge? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's probably why they drafted yeah. him. There it is. Yeah. He could, he could the, probably bench Eskridge and Tamori and Terry at the same time. I just He's going to have Eskridge I hold love, weights and lift him up. My, my, first, my first thought was, okay, second-round pick, an older, an older guy who's smaller, yep. but – you know, people are like, oh, he can never be in one. This is Tyler Lockett all over again. Yeah. We've we've seen this story. We've read this book. Uh, it, if you have a chance to get Eskridge in, like, the early third, hit, hit draft. I would take because, it. Yeah. Because in we, like I just saw years, Tutu go 210 in a league, and I puked. Ugh, can't do it. I'm sorry. I was like, really? Who? Why? So why, Tutu why? is going to get, like, two jet sweeps. And yeah. then he's going to get a couple deep balls a game because Stafford has two two. Stafford has, and they don't have that that run that guy who can run real fast. I mean Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun is fine, Jackson, but yeah. he's not Deshaun Jackson. And honestly, I think that's why they took two two is because they're almost similar size, and they're just like, oh hey Deshaun, take teach him under this your guy way. your ways, teach yeah. this guy how to run straight and fast. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah I don't get it. I, I would have much rather had uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., who went 59th to the Carolina Panthers. Now I didn't see them drafting a wide receiver either, but I think Marshall's you know his slip due to some of his medicals the week prior to the draft 
Um, really caused him to tumble down the boards a little bit. A lot of people had him going as a first rounder. So he goes to Carolina. I actually like this fit for him. You know, Robbie Anderson is there. He goes to his old OC with Joe Brady, um, which I think is really, really good. And they obviously have DJ Moore. Um, but yeah, I like Terrace Marshall here. I think that you're, if you're in Superflex leagues, you're looking at him probably somewhere in the 203 to 206 range is probably where he's going to settle in. I wouldn't be scared from the landing spot too much. Um, Tim, what did you think about Marshall to the Panthers? I think it's a great fit. You, you said about the OC having that knowledge of his skill set and what he can do, what he can't. Um, you know, I, I think the Panthers, they are finally doing for Mr. You know, uh, Sam. They're, they're, they're doing for Sam what the Jets never did. Uh, they're putting some pieces. They, they're, yep. they're acquiring skill position players. And hopefully, you know, Sam can do something with it there down in Carolina. But, uh, I again, another team that I didn't think was going to take receiver necessarily. I thought, you know, yep. they had that, that position pretty locked up. But uh, you never know where these teams are going, especially this year. There was not that, you know, group think. The, the scouts weren't getting together, traveling the country. They weren't at the Combine. So you didn't really yeah, know where a lot of these teams were going. A different type of year mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so yeah, I like Terrence Marshall, uh, as a value now in your drafts, I think versus if he went in the first round, I think he would be towards the end of that first yeah. round in your rookie drafts. Um, so maybe buy the dip on guys like him and Bateman who may, uh, on their first look didn't land in great spots, but I think that they're both fine, um, where they are. So Tyler, I want to talk some quarterbacks. We've got three quarterbacks here at the end of the second, early third that all got picked in a cluster. So number 64 overall with the second uh, with the last pick, rather, in the second round, the Buccaneers selected Kyle Trask from Florida. And then in the third round, right at the top, your Minnesota Vikings took Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. And then right behind them, they made this, like, the biggest deal in the world yeah. on the NFL Network podcast. Eisen was, like, blown away by this. The Houston Texans selected Davis Mills from Stanford. So walk me through this, Tyler. How do you value these guys? Um, and what did you think of these landing spots for these three rookie quarterbacks? Okay, the issue with Trask is he's a second-team guy because Brady's going to be there for another 10 years. So we, we don't least. really need to talk about him. Uh, no, <laughs> to be honest with you, I like that pick. Uh, the only thing Bruce Arians isn't going to be able to do is throw the ball deep. He, he does need to uh, kind of look at Brady and be like, how did you do it? How did you learn to throw the ball deep when you didn't have a big arm coming out of college? In Michigan, and Brady's probably going to teach him, you know, the fountain of youth. Maybe meet, have him meet Giselle. It's all about pl- it's all about pliability. <laughs> and, and go on that Tom Brady diet because Kyle Trask is, you know, two forty, two forty five. Maybe drop him down to two thirty. No more cheese. <laughs> I mean, it, it it he's it all depends on how long Brady's going to be there. That that's pretty much what it's about. Uh, it's a it's a good pick. I like Trask. I think Trask is closer to Mac Jones than people think. But uh, Kellen Mond, I really like that pick. Yeah, I mean, it could be a homer in me, but we haven't had a backup quarterback behind Kirk Cousins like this, and maybe it'll push Kirk Cousins. We'll see. I mean, RG three came out and was jealous as heck that you know Kirk Cousins has somebody you know nipping at his heels because RG three doesn't have anybody nipping at his heels. He is the nipper of the heels of the other quarterback. The Al Nipper for you old school Red Sox fans. He he said some obnoxious things that it's just like okay, RG3, now we now we get it. Now we know why you were kind of disliked in locker rooms. But mm-hmm. but yeah, uh Kellen Mond, he's going to learn. He's going to learn from Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is fine teaching somebody the ropes. He, he he just seems like 
He, he's a little weird. He's, he looks like a substitute teacher, so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it, it makes complete sense. Kellen Mond has all the talent in the world, and he's a perfect flyer in the fourth round of Superflex Leagues. Uh, I think you probably have to spend a third to get him, to be honest. It, it depends. In this class, yeah. And then you go to the the Mills pick, and instantly, right when he's picked, oh, league sources, Deshaun Watson not playing in 2021. Well, I've... There's a lot that has to play out, but no new news came out. And in my opinion, new news. Watson is eight to ten game suspension type. In mm-hmm. my opinion, if they if he was going to be out the year, he would be on the commissioner's list, and he's not. There's still a huge investigation going on. There's still a lot to be told. It's a he said, she said type thing, and I think. Personally, the NFL's worried because they didn't do anything with Ben Roethlisberger, and if they did something here, Ooh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it there, it's it's a bad look on them, which it is. I mean, if you're not going to do mm-hmm. it to Big Ben, why are you not going to do it? Why are you going to do it to Watson type thing? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a huge story. Uh, if you're scared of Watson losing his job to David's David Mills, uh, yeah, we need to rethink this whole thing because Deshaun <laughs> Watson is still a upper-tier elite quarterback uh, on the when he's on the field. Uh, For sure. Mills is fine. Tim, you liked him more, so I'll mm-hmm. let you talk. Uh, Mills isn't ready to go. Um, he had very few starts there in college at Stanford. Uh, I think he had like 11. Yeah. So, you know, five-star recruit coming out. You know, of high school to Stanford, the kid's going to be the next big deal or, or was going to be the next big deal at Stanford. Things just didn't break right for him there. So uh, the kid's very toolsy. He lands in a spot where there's a lot of people out there that believe that Watson will never play for the Texans again. If this all goes away tomorrow, they still think that Watson's gone. So uh, you're looking at Tyrod Taylor with David Mills behind him. Um, or, and Ryan Finley. I will say that, uh, you know, to not wish ill will on anybody. I hope that Tyrod Taylor finally gets his chance. Chances are Tyrod Taylor would be injured at some point and Davis Mills would then see the field. Uh, I would say if you can get him in a third round of a, of a super flex league, go ahead and grab him. There's chances he'll see the field. I'm not saying it is a guarantee, but there's a strong chance. Right. If, if it doesn't, end up, he, he's the backup. There's a better than 50% chance he's on the field at some point. Yeah, out of any of these three guys, if you're looking for someone as a lottery ticket that could play early, it's probably Davis Mills. I, I do like Mond and his versatility. You know, he's got all the experience in the world. He's got over 40 starts as a starter at Texas A&M. My biggest concern, I saw a statistic. He was only 15 of 74 on throws outside the hash mark. Ooh, that's a little yeah. concerning, but maybe that's something that he can really work on. Um, you know, a lot of people comp him to another third rounder. Uh, yeah, he was a third rounder. Is uh, Dak, uh, Dak Prescott was a fourth rounder. Um, but a lot of people comp him to Dak. Um, I think that's obviously a ceiling because Dak is awesome. Um, but, I mean, if you're looking at a third-round pick in a super flex league for a guy that you got to sit on for a year or two on your taxi as a, at a quarterback, we all know how, how valuable quarterbacks are. I'm not, I'm not hating that whatsoever. So let's keep it moving. We are going to scroll down here. Now, this one, I don't know much about this player, but when the Chargers took Josh Palmer from Tennessee at number 77 – my, my eyebrows perked a little bit because Mike Williams is a free agent after this year. They don't really have a wide receiver three on that team. I know they've got Tyron Johnson and um, the other speedy kid there. Uh, I thought Joe Reed might be it last year. That didn't happen. Um, but Josh Palmer, pretty nice collegiate career. At Tennessee, um, he only saw like a 46% catchable balls thrown his way, which is pretty bad. Yeah. So I think he's better 
um, than the film even will tell you. Um, but I think Josh Palmer is a name that we look in that third round of our Superflex Leagues with a guy that might have opportunity this year and then might get elevated uh, in the year after with a young up-and-coming quarterback, a star really, in, in Justin Herbert. Um, I like it quite a bit. Tim, what did you think of Josh Palmer? Tell me a little bit about him because I don't know a ton. Uh, I didn't have a great grade on him. If I remember correctly, I don't have I don't have that pulled up in front of me. Uh, shows decent speed. He's a hands catcher. Um, I, I think he's supposed to hopefully grow into that Mike Williams type, that mold, the big, the big body, you know, big playmate type guy. Um, you know, he's more on that sort of angle than he is on the Keenan Allen route runner, create space. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just dink and dunk with me the whole way down the, down the field. Um, but you got to love the fact that they were dedicated to him. They, they seem like, uh, I thought this was a little early for him, but if the Chargers yeah. like something they saw, and they that means they probably have a plan for him. So this is one of those where I'm taking the draft capital into consideration here. I might not have liked Absolutely. him so much, but an NFL scouting team has talked to GM into saying, hey, this guy's worth a third-round pick. This is the type of things we can see him doing in our offense. Let's go get this guy. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and that's going to be – I think a lot of people will, will sleep on him, so he may even slip into some of the fourth rounds in your rookie drafts, yeah. and um, that's a guy that I want to target because the fourth round is going to be a pretty ugly yeah. one uh, this year. So, yeah, if you can get Josh Palmer that late, Coolio, I totally agree with it. So moving on, number 81, the Miami Dolphins took the Mike Gusecki heir in Hunter Long out of Boston College. He's no Tommy Sweeney, guys, um, but Hunter Long is a really good prospect. He was my tight end four in this class. Um, so for him to go to the Dolphins, I think is actually a really good fit. Um, Gasecki, you know, he's going to be a free agent pretty soon. Maybe he leaves and gets paid. I think Hunter Long has the skill set to be a starter in the NFL, uh, and I like him quite a bit. In your tight end premium leagues, he is going to also be a value um, because not a lot of people know about Hunter Long, but if you watch the video um, on Hunter Long, chances are you're probably going to like him. Tyler, what do you think about Hunter Long here with Miami? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I actually liked him around the same amount as I liked the guy from the U of M. So uh, he was closer to my tight end three than he was to tight end four. I know you guys thought mm-hmm. otherwise, but uh, yeah, I, lo- I love the pick and he was an early round. Uh, Hunter Long is Hunter Henry-esque. He's not going to blow your mind away with, with athleticism, but you know what he's going to do? He's going to find pockets. He's going to get open. and he's Solid gonna, player. And he's got sure hands. He's going to maybe, you know, he'll do that slow tight end turn and get you four yards after the catch that every other tight end in the in the league other than Pitts, Kittle, and Kelsey gets. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Gesicki. And even so, uh, they used a lot of three tight end sets, two tight end sets. You saw – With Adam Shaheen uh, last year. Yep, and Smythe get some play. Yep. So, yeah, uh, this is a, a fine pick. Tight ends take a little bit, but, yeah, he's a perfect taxi so- uh, taxi squad guy for your team. Yeah. Yeah, much like a Harrison Bryant was last year. Yes. Um, for you. And he, sh- and he flashed in he his rookie year, too. So. Flashes. Absolutely. So the next pick, number 82, right after Hunter Long from Boston College, was Diami Brown goes to the Washington football yeah. team. I love this spot. Yeah. You're welcome, um, everybody. I I, I, I out, love it. I tweeted out and I saw this and I and I was at work and I'm like, God, I tweeted out people are going to be disappointed with Diami Brown's uh, draft position, his round. I, I thought he was going to slide into the fourth. And nope. right when I retweeted that tweet, he gets drafted 
like right. a second. So yeah. I feel like he could be a starter. He could be a starter in year one across from McLaurin with Samuel in the Absolutely. slot. That gives the, the Washington football team a lot of juice on offense if that's yeah. what happens. And you get Ryan Fitzpatrick, the classic D gap yeah. quarterback. Oof. Like I know he's not the long-term solution there, but I like Brown's game. I like how it fits with Fitzpatrick. He could be the a surprise rookie that contributes absolutely. in year one. Gabe Davis um, style. Yeah. Gabe Davis style. Yeah, absolutely. I think Diami Brown could be that guy. He's currently going towards the end of your second round in your Superflex leagues, and I think that's a perfect place to pick him. Um, do you guys have any other commentary on Mr. Brown? No, I think you laid it out perfectly. Uh, 6'1", 189, I think is what he weighed in so he's he's got that Deshaun Jackson vibe to me. He's got the four four speed. He can get down the field. He can make big plays. He plays physical, yeah, and, and and he exactly once he gets the ball in his hands, he transitions into a runner really good, really quick. Uh, you know, Terry McLaurin does his thing. Diami Brown can be the big play guy, and you have one of the best slot guys in Curtis Samuel there. So yeah, this offense with that quarterback pairing is. I'm actually gonna think I'm gonna tune into a couple uh, Washington football team games well, this you, year. You have to. <laughs> yeah, Antonio Gibson. They still got Logan Thomas. Like, yeah, it could be that. It could be a lot. And they got they got a, a lineman to help out. Like, that could be yeah. a lot of fun. So let's go to the pick right after that. Number eighty three. The Carolina Panthers select a tight end because obviously Ian Thomas just isn't good enough for them. <laughs> Whatever. I'm over it. Um, Tommy Tremble, who a lot of people had as their tight end three in this class yeah. out of Notre Dame. So this is a Notre Dame guy. So Tyler, yeah. I, I see him as more of like a H back blocker. Can this kid catch passes and be yes. successful in the NFL? No. Yes, I, I get this one. He screw, hey, he ganged. Not just, he ganged. Hey, no, no, no. This is Notre Dame. Give me a couple of minutes. Right. Uh, he ganged some weight this offseason. so he he packed on a little weight. He was at around two twenty, I think, his past year in Notre Dame. So I'm I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, he he doesn't have the right size. He packed on some weight, didn't lose any athleticism, and that's what his thing is: athletic freak. He's good. He's a guy that can you know. Get down the field, stretch the seam. I I like the pick. I think he's gonna fit perfect in this Joe Brady offense. You know who else played well in this offense? Thaddeus Moss. You know who's a more athletic version of Thaddeus Moss? Tommy Tremble. Thaddeus Moss now reunited with Joe Burrow as well in Cincinnati. <laughs> They're gonna trade for Jefferson and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> yeah, just rebuild the whole offense. Here, here's yeah, my just thing. The whole you, thing. You brought up Ian Thomas. I think this pick was to help Ian Thomas. Tommy Tremble is a better blocker. Tommy Tremble, they can put on the end of the line. Get him out, you know, off the end of the line. Get him out there in the slot. Let him let him oh, go work. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Yep, yes. that's what they drafted in the third round, a blocking tight end. Yeah. Yeah. seen it before. Absolutely. I love it. I agree with Tim on this one just because I like you. Okay, man hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man hands will get his touchdowns, I think. He'll he'll get his four touchdowns with 80 yards. <laughs> hey, Tommy Tremble had 35 catches in his two-seater day. That's not, that's I mean, not I'm not arguing against it. He's all athleticism. Tommy's really not making me tremble here. He's a mold of him. clay. He's <laughs> a mold of clay. They see upside, and that's what he is. And right with Hunter Long, he's going to be the guy where people are going to see him and say, "Hey, in, in three years, after I, you know, if I can hold him on my taxi for a period of time, this guy could be worth it. Could be. Hey, let's get off of tight ends. Let's go to the next offensive player here." This is where things get Oh, fun. yeah, absolutely. So let's go to the Green Bay Packers. They actually yes. gave A. Rodgers yeah. some help with another A. Rodgers. Yeah. They picked Amari Rodgers out of Clemson. This is a perfect fit for their offense and their yeah. needs, I think. He could play that Randall Cobb role, I think, pretty easily. 
you want to talk about a bully with the ball in his hands, this is Amari Rodgers. Um, you know, he's not going to make a ton of guys miss, but he's that big physical guy. Mm -hmm. Kind of reminds me a little bit of more of a juiced up Jarvis Landry uh, from a muscle standpoint. Um, I like Amari Rodgers a lot, um, and I think this is a great fit for the Green Bay Packers. Tyler, would you agree? Yes, and honestly, middle of the second round, I'd be perfectly fine taking him. Mm -hmm. I, I don't care what draft position he's in. If Aaron Rodgers is there, heck, even if Jordan Love is there, what's a, a younger player, what's a younger quarterback's best friend? A short pass. Mm -hmm. You know what? All you have to do is just get this guy the ball in his hands, and he's going to dominate. I heard somebody say he's a better Randall Cobb. I would pump the brakes a tad on that. Yeah, Cobb is Cobb had some pretty good seasons. Yes, double digit touchdown yeah. seasons. But there. they're not far off. Like Randall Cobb esque, I could go with. I, I'm all aboard with that because that's how they should use him. A pure slot guy, get him the ball. He's gonna break tackles. Uh, senior Bowl. All you heard about was how nobody could guard him. It was him and Tony. Mm -hmm. How just like nobody could touch him. So. Yeah, I, I love this pick. They got him in the third round. Rodgers is probably sitting there getting ready for the Kentucky Derby, being like, oh, I'm done with it. Wait, hold on. Oh, they drafted an A. Rodgers? Yeah. They still love me. What if, oh. Yeah, what if they actually tried to draft him again? That's just This is how much we're dedicated <laughs> to you. We're going to draft you again. <laughs> He'd be like, you could have used, used that pick on a receiver, you yeah. jackasses. You're like, oh, we did. Never mind. All right, let's move on. So we had our fourth running back off the board, finally taken here in round three at pick number 88. Now, out of any of the risers when you looked at mock drafts, mm -hmm. this has got to be – Trey Sermon has to be one of the biggest ones. I've seen him go right at the top of the second round now. Um, the San Francisco 49ers, after this year, don't have many running backs under contract. I think this is a really great fit for Trey Sermon. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see him contribute in his rookie season for San Francisco. Tim – are you with that? Or are you against that? No, I am definitely with that. I was actually a Trey Sermon fan going into this. Tyler Tyler didn't like him much. I thought he showed stuff on film that, especially back there in his Oklahoma film. Uh, and then you put him there in San Francisco, where all the Shanahan's do is create rushing, uh, you know, upside. I absolutely love it. The kid's got really good patience. He's got good enough speed. He's got good power. He's not the world's best catcher, but he's a he's a reliable checkdown type guy. Uh, so I think Trey Sermon is gonna he's gonna hit this backfield room, this running back room there in San Francisco. He's gonna go out there. I think uh, between uh, Mostert and Wilson, I think he's probably gonna slot in between them to start the season, and he'll just start seeing the field more and more. This is the guy I pegged to be the J.K. Dobbins type of this year. Can I just say something? I sure dislike Trey Sermon. He is my Zach Moss this year. But when you <laughs> land in a situation where any running back does well, Mike Tolbert could They traded run for up for him, Tyler. They traded up for him. Mike Joe Tolbert, Williams style. Mike, Mike Tolbert could do well in this offense and yeah. get 1,000 yards. He was a 20. thick man. <laughs> this has me tilted. Completely, because it's a scenario where my it's, gut... It's putting you it's it, putting it's, you in spots where you're like, I should draft Tay Sermon. And you're like, ew, I can't do but it. But this There's, running back class is so booty cheeks. Yes. It's true. It, it's so it mad after Williams and, and Etienne. It's just like, he has to be four. Like, yeah. it, just for He's situation and this offense, it's a one cut and go. That is Sermon draft style. Draft capital. And they had so many other needs on defense, and they went a running back in the third. It's 
It's hard. I won't own him because people will want him more, which has been obvious yeah. in a lot of my rookie drafts so far. But he's going to be a player that I'm going to sit there and be like, I should have at least gotten a share of him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that at least getting one share. So let's move on to the number 89 pick right after Trey Sermon. The Houston Texans selected Nico Collins, wide receiver from Michigan. Kind of like this landing spot. I know yeah. that there's um, some things going on with, um, obviously, with the quarterback position. But, I mean, the depth chart is Brandon Cooks, Kiki QT, Randall Cobb, aforementioned. Um, uh-huh. Nico Collins is a different receiver than any of those yeah. guys. So... Could have some opportunity. I think when you look in the third round of those Superflex leagues, um, Nico Collins could be a guy that's going to stand out for me and that guy that I would pull the trigger on. What do you guys think? I uh, wasn't a big lover, Nico Collins, but, yeah, another guy where the landing spot is just too good. There's There's got to be a, a, a time, a couple weeks here this season where somebody's dinged up and Nico's going to see the field. He's going to be on the field in meaningful snaps this year at some point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I he's, agree. he's a perfect third-round guy, high upside uh, and he was a Devi darling. People in yeah. Devi community loved Nico Collins, so you got to kind of look back on that. Harbaugh's terrible at progressing receivers. We all saw that with Donovan Peoples Jones, yeah. and Nico Collins actually was uh, high, more highly touted to, in some circles than Donovan Peoples Jones. Even though Peoples Jones yeah. was the number one recruit, people like Collins more. So that's something to look at. So let's wrap up this third rounder. There's only a couple more players here. My battery's running low on the laptop. It's blinking at me. We got number 91 overall was Anthony Schwartz, wide receiver from Auburn. Maybe the fastest player in the NFL. Completely possible. (laughs) Um, And we also had Trey McKitty, number 97 to the Los Angeles Chargers. Donald Parham season still. Um, I don't know. Those are the last two round three uh, guys. Florida State? I don't really remember him that much, to be completely honest. I should say a lot because Doug knows his Florida State guys. It's true. I thought McKitty was. I thought McKitty was a tight end. I think McKitty is going to be the traditional three years, and you know, then he starts to show himself a little bit. Uh, Don't expect anything early from Trey McKitty. He's going to be that guy you pick later in your drafts. You know, tight end. uh, You know, bonuses. Put him on the taxi. Let him grow into. You might be able to get him like after the draft. So you're telling me I have to wait until he turns into McCat. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I'm a McKitty, kitty, kitty. I'm a Trey McCat. I mean, he's just Probably a little baby McKitty. Yeah. We need to let him grow into a McCat. Yeah. Quad oh, McCat. What do we think about Anthony Schwartz? Just a one-trick pony. I'm not really into Anthony it. Schwartz. Love him. Love, love the speed. I think it's an element that nobody else uh, on that team has. Odell, Be- Odell Beckham's probably the fastest guy currently. That I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, people's. I mean, people's Jones is athletic, yeah. but he's not a burner. So, so Schwartz brings that element that they don't tend to have. And the Browns did. It's it's weird to say, but the Browns were picking for like team need almost. You know, like, like yeah, we don't have a burner. Let's go get a burner. They have no. They yeah, have they no don't have needs. any like glaring yeah. holes. So they're like, yeah, they they had a solid draft. Like, you know what? We don't have a guy that can run like a four three or a four two. Let's go get this four my, four my two favorite, seven or whatever. My favorite it was. quote of the draft though almost the whole draft was thor if you don't follow thor you need to he he writes for uh um, the edge um my favorite quote anthony schwartz how people say is blazing fast like he's he's crazy fast like thor said everybody's you could say that about a lot of people but he goes anthony schwartz is legit like that when you say he is uh, like it, almost like generational speed, like yeah. it's there and it and it's easy for him. 
I love Anthony Schwartz in like the late third, early fourth. I absolutely love him because I I just have a feeling Baker's gonna love him. He's gonna be their deep ball guy. We saw we see a lot of this running game working for Cleveland. You know what works well? Play action, deep ball, and that worked well for the Stefanski offense in Minnesota. You're gonna see that with uh, Schwartz. I think you're gonna see him blossom into a pretty good. Uh, he's gonna be a great best ball player, but yeah. I think he's gonna be one of those guys that could really progress into a wide receiver five or four for a team yeah. on bye weeks. And I, I love taking shots on these guys because what's one thing you can't teach? And it's yeah, speed, freaky, freaky fast speed. Yep. And Doug's trying to get everything plugged back in. He went and got his charger for his I'm computer. Back, I'm back. I was just going to say, you know, if you guys want to just skim through day three, maybe bring up some guys. Like, for instance, I'll, I'll start it off. Day three, round four, second pick, Michael Carter. The Jets, another pretty decent pick here for the Jets. Uh, people really liked Michael, Gar- Michael Carter's film, as did I. I. I think the Jets got a very good running back here to start the fourth round, and it's this crazy. This is actually a plus. It's crazy. It's a the plus value. for two. Yeah. It's plus for two. Lamichael Piran, I don't think, got out outdone here. I think Lamichael Piran's still going to get his. Right. And I think Mike Michael Carter is going to be that third down kind of split carries type back. Uh, Piran's going to be the the first and second down type player and Carter's going to get those pass catches. So yeah, if you're a type of guy who had P Ryan or you can still buy P Ryan on the low, I would do it because I still think that inside that building, they really must like P Ryan. It definitely seems that way. I I'd like to bring one up. I thought the selection and you guys can talk about St. Brown. I think that was a good spot after he slipped, but I really like the, the Patriots picking Ramondre Stevenson, LeGarrette Blunt 2.0. Yeah. yeah. Like, Sony Michelle, they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option in the next eight days or seven days now. Um, you know, they got Damian Harris there, but he gives them that big, bulky Steven Jackson, LeGarrette Blunt, Marion Butts Eddie Lacy. type of New England. Hey, Eddie Lacy was good in fantasy for a few years. Cheeseburger Eddie. It, honestly, they're the same player. I still feel yeah, like Steven, Eddie Lacy went back to college in Oklahoma and decided. I think Stevenson's going to be a sneaky value in your Superflex leagues. Yes. I'm just going to put it, I'm just gonna put it, to say put it, it that but way. But yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, do we know? Does anybody here know who Des Fitzpatrick is? Yes, yes I do. I had him on a college of Canton. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know him. I was like, I didn't know the name. I was like, I, I had a big is. upside after Lamar Jackson left. People had a lot of expectations for him. I had him on okay. a campus Canton team. He, he so you really, like the fit to Tennessee then? He was he was a starter for me in in a lot of weeks for my college team, and he put up points. And then yeah, after Lamar left, you just saw him fall off. I know he had some off the field issues and maturity problems, what you heard on the draft. But uh, bigger guy, you know, you didn't see much of those in this draft. And I think that's what Tennessee wanted. They wanted to keep the outside. They wanted somebody that could play the outside more, and and they got it. It just all depends on progression. He's got a lot of talent. Can he can he kind of hone it in and grow a little bit? Is what the question is with him. I'd have I'd rather have Anthony Schwartz than him. But so, Tyler, what can about I talk about my dude? Brown? Yeah. Yes, that's I love this. He is going to be a guy that I am going to hope I can land in the late second, early third. I don't care what you say about landing position. This guy sh- should have been a second round, third round pick. Talent-wise, I know he's not the fastest, but, man, he can run routes. He is – he's a Dan Campbell-type player. Dan Campbell's really going to like his attitude. He's he loves, slapping kneecaps. He loves football. He's, he, 
Ray G, a quote from him, he's got that dog in him. And that's exactly what Amon Ross St. Brown is. He's a phenomenal route runner. Jared Goff is going to love him. Uh, him and Quintus Cephas are kind of the same type of player, but I think Amon Ra probably has a little more upside to him. Uh, that's another player that kind of escaped was Quintus Cephas. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, not, not a lot of people are talking about him. Brashad Perriman, who cares? It, I think it's going to be St. Brown and Cephas who kind of rise up in this wide receiver group. I had Cephas split my buys a few weeks back. That is very true. Yes, you did. Yeah, you did. Anybody else notable? Uh, for you in, guys? in the fourth, I would say that Tylen Wallace to Baltimore. They went and drafted for the need again there at receiver. So uh, I like Tylen Wallace's tape. I liked his uh, big playability. Don't have to love the landing spot, but things change. So hopefully, uh, Baltimore becomes slightly better at passing the football. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, if, Atlanta if, didn't take a running back. Yeah. <laughs> we could bring that up again. How about Atlanta how, and Miami? How about your guy Brevin Jordan going to the Texans there when the fifth? Uh, fifth round yes i mean guys like john bates and uh, kylan grayson or granson were picked ahead of him i was just like what is going on with brevin jordan i think it's that a was, size thing yeah it might it had me on size it's a size type thing maybe it's a positional like he can only do one thing uh texans jacob harris going ahead of him texans like, for all the lack of picks they had I think they tried to get some explosiveness and some high upside type players. Brevin Jordan screams that. And, uh, yeah, let's just hope that everybody just missed and Texans kind of stole him. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Ian Book went in the fourth round of the Saints. Yeah. Oh, my God. I saw that. Oh, Jalen Darden, though, to Tampa Bay was interesting. I like Darden. That's a a John Brown, Bruce Arians – Type player. You like had, that, uh, that's what it reminded me of. You had Gainwell. Yep. Philly picked up Gainwell there in the uh, fifth. Great. Uh, I great think that's pick. a great backup for Miles Sanders. People are saying this is going to take away uh, a ton from Miles Sanders. I don't see it taking away a ton, especially in year one. Uh, but but Gainwell is a legitimate uh, replacement for Miles Sanders if he goes down again. Uh, tight end, also in the fifth. Noah Gray to Casey. I like that pick because he's yeah, going to get so the run I've... under Travis Kelsey, and I liked a uh, I liked a little bit of Noah Gray. He, he has a, a little bit of edge to his game. And then I want to say he was sixth round for both of these guys. Round tree to the Chargers, I thought was a good running he back. He could choice. be. He, yeah, I mean, he. I mean, who's the the other running back besides Eckler? Yeah. Josh Kelly. Ain't yeah, it? I thought I thought that round tree Chargers pick was was something I wanted to keep my eye on. And then yep. uh, Shy Smith, one of one of my guys from South Carolina. Uh, goes, stays in state, well, stays in the grouping of states. He's going to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you know, they have a needed slot. He can be a slot guy. That's for Dagwon, sure. And Tyler, what do you think? Of, what do you think of Cornell Powell to Kansas City? Uh, I mean, he's a big dude. <laughs> he's he's going to come in there and intimidate the crap out of people. But I mean, their wide receiver depth chart isn't great. I, I think it speaks volumes to the Miko Hardman truthers the people who really hope he progresses hey three years maybe it's time maybe it is Miko hardman's time hey, he's an all pro on special teams mind you uh, i i mean it's it's better news for uh clyde edwards Hilaire, in my opinion it, it just mm-hmm. seems like he's going to get a little more pass catching opportunity uh and that line they're building in front of him is oh revamped in a good way has there been any change of script <laughs> other than the whole Watson thing and how that flipped in like a millisecond. 
Kansas City's offensive line went from being so bad to paper mache. Uh, like people freaking out about Mahomes and and trading Mahomes. Thanks, Al, and and being scared of that offensive <sighs> line to now having a top ten ish offensive line. Like that offensive and, line, and they're deep too. It, yeah, they drafted I think a center. In this Creed draft. Humphrey, who yeah. a lot of people like. Yep. Yeah, that dude. That dude reeks of Southern muscle. Like you, you saw him. It's like that dude. Cow tips. He probably lifts horses on his shoulder. Like that's what I saw when I when I saw his his home, at home video. I love what mm-hmm. Kansas City's doing. Um, one of my favorite running backs in this class, Jamar Jefferson, went to Detroit seventh round. I was hoping he'd go undrafted, but a lot of these teams in the seventh round they kind of go for those players that they don't want to have to go out and sign. So that's where they take them. So they don't have to go through the hassle of of trying to sign them to free agent deals. So Detroit, you know, depending on what they think of uh, Williams, who they just signed, maybe Jefferson is a low key like two year type player. Uh, maybe if you have a fifth round in your rookie drafts, snag him up. I still like him. He's super young. He he's a guy that seems like he could stick to a roster. Yeah, speaking of Williams, Seth Williams went to Denver, and I was sad. Yeah. yeah. A lot of these players you think you know, but you don't. Like, you think, you think oh, this is a third, fourth-round guy. No. No. I mean, Tamari and Terry goes undrafted. Yeah. And he went was, to that was Seattle? Seattle. So that, that was probably my saddest because I was like, oh, Terry could be a good fit on a lot of these teams. And then I'm like, nope, 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 undrafted. And Jared went to Peterson Seattle, which has I was like, yet Ugh. to find a team. Yeah, there's still, there's well, still a was, handful of players that are, say, that are still I was going to say, Kenny Yaboa to the Jets, tight end. I liked his uh, receiving upside there at the yeah. tight end position. Yep. Um, the Eagles got Grimes from Florida and Jamie Newton. Yeah. Both. I think those are great wow. undrafted signings. Uh, Washington yeah, got um, uh, Jarrett Patterson, the running back from Buffalo. Oh, that, A lot yeah, of people really liked him. A lot of people uh, like him, yeah. Sage Surratt, Wake Forest receiver to the Lions. That was a good one. Yep. I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's going to be at least one of these guys that's a UDFA that ends up being relevant, I think. I think this yeah, year is I, a better chance than ever. I, I really sure. am envious Absolutely. of the Jamie Newman. The guy reeks of upside. He, he's he got a ton of it. And people loved him in Wake Forest, you know, opted out. Eagles could have their backup to Jalen Hurts right here. We really could. We really <laughs> could. The Falcons did sign too. Javian Hawkins running back from Louisville. I liked and, his uh, tape. Yeah, so did I. And Caleb Huntley, uh, small school ball state, but I thought there was a, a little bit of edge to him there. So uh, Caleb Huntley could be at least at least a, a guy who's going to battle in camp. I, I like the Hawkins. He's, he's a guy that's around 200. I, he's, I think he's better than Edo Smith, but he plays kind of mm-hmm. similar. He's definitely faster than Edo Smith. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. for sure. The guy can blaze. <laughs> very, very true. All right, I think that's going to wrap us oh, up, boys. What do you think? Doug, I'm trying to go through the rest of the undrafted free agents. I don't see anybody else that really sticks out to me on these teams other than the uh, – oh, here we go, drop down. It looked like the Niners, for whatever reason, weren't signing anybody. Uh, last team here. Yeah, to Marion Terry, to the uh, to the Seahawks there at the bottom of the list. was probably would have been the last one I mentioned. Uh, Kate Johnson, South, South Dakota State receiver. Um, I know guys like uh, Mel Kuyper had him up there towards the middle of the pack. Uh, so Kate Johnson to the Seahawks is another guy. Yeah. You know what's bad is when you click the wrong window um, to bring up the drive link, and it was the window that I'm talking to you guys. Oh, one one last good. one. 
Daz Newsome, Chicago Bears. That is an underrated pickup by them. Hmm. Uh, it all depends on what I they do that. with Anthony Miller, and you yeah. hear rumors of trading him. You, you think they would have done something by now? <laughs> that, that's very true. But uh, I think a, we're going to see a little bit more moves prior to June first. Like a, maybe Julio. Who knows? Their cap situation is absolutely terrible in Atlanta, so there could be a couple moves that kind of sneak in when it comes to June 1st. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, yeah, some interesting picks coming in over here. Um, yeah, so that's going to wrap us up this week for our NFL draft review. Hopefully you've learned some stuff. You're taking the data all in. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us on the Twitter machine. I'm at the fantasy father. Tyler is at DHH underscore Tyler. Tim, what's yours again? DHH underscore Tim. That's what I thought. All right. want to thank our sponsor, uh, fantasypoints.com as well as trophy smack we didn't really get to talk about them too much but use code dhh ring to get that free ring when you get your trophy grill or belt all is good in the land i'm excited that the draft is over we've got rookie drafts we've got some exciting things coming down the pipe we're going to see you next week on the dynasty happy hour 